At what point during the fundraising in the early days was that frustrating when you kept getting those no's? Heartbreaking. I mean, it was such a roller coaster going from feeling like the customer loves us, it's so successful, you know, we're going to definitely do this. And then, um, you know, we wrote a business plan, got second place. Everyone was talking about it on campus that we were like operating the business and it was working. And then starting fundraising, we were like, this is going to work. And, you know, we have great proof points. We actually ran it as a business and we have a examples to share and it was just a huge slap in the face over and over again every meeting every you know lack of like real commitment from anyone you know that we that we couldn't actually Mm -hmm. get capital so you you uh, take this loan and then you eventually raise capital Mm -hmm. was the second um try at fundraising like how did that go way easier when you're killing it Mm -hmm. so once you i'd say there's always like it's always both internal and external factors. So we were lucky that by the next time, e-commerce was really attractive and hot. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some heat start to build on the subscription part of e-commerce. So that helped externally. And then internally, we were really outpacing our expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and for e-commerce, the biggest part of that was that we were growing without any sort of cost of acquisition. So it was all organic. Yeah, And that meant we really didn't need money. And the irony of fundraising is always that it is more plentiful the less you need it. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, what what kept you going? And even if we're just going back to, you know, when you were having a tough time There's been lots raising of tough money. times. Yeah. So what... Um, like let's say the first tough time, what what kept you persistent? What kept you motivated? Yeah, I think at first it's just this like bleeding, dying need to serve the customer, right? Like become so excited about the idea. And like I said, the small handful of customers we had were so passionate, engaged, mm-hmm. willing to go on this journey of inventing this new thing with us. And you feel this responsibility mm-hmm. and also this privilege of changing their reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and if other people can't see it and you can, the way my mind worked was they're definitely wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because you know I, I can see it so clearly yeah. that this is gonna work. So in my mind, I was like, I'm just not saying it the right way. I'm not pitching it right. So I was just, again, driven and motivated to improve my communication of this opportunity and to get to a place where others could start to see the potential. Was there ever self-doubt in the in the early days or was it always just this is going to work? I don't know if I think those two things are mutually exclusive. I think there's always I think there's always a question of whether like you can do it or whether I could do it, Mm -hmm. but I did not question the potential of the concept. Operationalizing ideas, which you got at before, is so hard. And I think once you start executing, even when it's a small amount of customers and a small part of your vision, it's hard work. Mm -hmm. And the ability to continue to scale that and to, you know, improve the operations of it, make it more effective, make it more efficient, totally questioned all the time. How do you learn that? You've never done it, mm-hmm. right? But didn't question that the, there was product market fit and a big market size. Mm-hmm. 